Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission and are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word and that through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Amen. If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Again, we want to say welcome to every guest that is here today. If this is your first time, second time, you've been here multiple times before, you may, our rule here is once you come three times, you're one of us. Now, you may not claim us, but we claim you. If this is your first time, you got two more shots before you're one of us. Right now, you might be thinking, ain't no way I'm going to be one of them. Well, we all thought that at one time, too, until we felt the Holy Ghost and watched what God could do in our lives. Amen. Amen to all of our guests that are joining us. And I know many of the members of the church that are joining us today through our live stream. We want to say that our prayers are with you and for you. Amen. I do want to very quickly talk about uh, should the plan come about where we cannot gather. If, if for whatever reason, I, I, certainly I, when people told me they were going to cancel the basketball season, I laughed and said that'll never happen. They told me they're going to cancel the turn of the basketball tournament. I said that'll never happen. They're going to postpone the Masters golf tournament. I said, that'll never happen. They said, well, they're not going to let people get together in groups of more than 250. I said, that'll never happen. Well, here we are. So I, I'm just tired of falsely predicting what the next step is. So if in the event that we're not able to gather in as one congregation, we are prepared. We have a plan in place to activate small groups. Uh, that would be obviously meeting in homes throughout the community. Uh, the majority of you last August signed up to be a part of a small group. We're going off of that as a baseline. Uh, we are making some modifications because we need to keep families together. All right, so the uh, anyway, we'll, we'll be contacting you, communicating with you. However, if you're here today and you know that you're not yet a part of a small group, I want to say this. If in the case that we're not able to get together for multiple weeks, it's not good for you to be separated from the body. The Bible describes the devil as a lion who goes about seeking who made it. And if you know anything about a lion and its hunting, hunting tactics, it gets those that are separated from the pack and devours them. It's not good to be separated from the body. It's not good for you and it's not good for the body. So if you know right now you're not a part of a small group and you would like to be, okay, the format will be something of this nature. We'll all meet together. Well, not together, but in separate homes at the same time. There'll be a time of worship where we'll be singing the same songs and then we will join together in a live stream where I'll preach to the different uh, groups. And, but All right, we'll be in different homes but getting the same sermon being preached. And then in that home, we'll have a time of prayer and discussion of what has just been preached and a time of fellowship. Again, if we don't have to, we're not going that route. But if we have to, we, wanna, we are prepared to do that. So if you're here right now, Brother Roberts, why don't you come stand right up here so everybody knows who you are. If you know or question right now, am I a part of a small group? If you don't know what group you would go to, if we said next Sunday we're meeting in small groups and you want to be a part, see Brother Roberts before you leave, okay? Please don't expect him to be able to get to everybody. We need you to come and see him. And really, truly, we want everybody to be connected. Thank you, Brother Roberts. Now, in the event that... And again, I know I'm speaking all kinds of craziness right now. At least to me, it's crazy. But in other countries, they have uh, established quarantine where you're not even allowed to leave your home. If that is to come about, uh, again, I, I don't see any way we'll ever get there. But if it does, uh, we will do our best. I will live stream from my, I will be your worship leader. I'll be your preacher. Amen. I'll, I'm a, and, and that's going to be a rough Sunday, I know. But, but we'll do our best. But whatever we got to do, we got to stay connected. All right, we cannot afford, all right, we can't afford to allow the enemy to separate us, okay? I do believe this is a season. It's going to pass. But in that time, we have to strive. The Bible says we got to strive for the unity of the body, amen? So sometimes that means we got to get over offenses. Other times it means we really got to work at it, all right? So this is one of those times. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. What a weird way to preach to start a sermon off in the middle of what we're going through. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your 
moderation or humility be known unto all men. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. The things that you have learned, do them. The things that you have received, do them. The things that you have heard, do them. The things that you have watched me do, do them. And if you will, the God of peace shall be with you. And I want to preach for a little bit this morning. I don't. This may be my last time for a while with all of you here, so I'm going to take that liberty. Everybody got real nervous. The peace of God and the God of peace is what I would like to preach on today. The peace of God and the God of peace. Four steps to peace that passes all understanding. I want to provide you today with four steps to peace that passes all understanding. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. We are in a very troubling time. I see it in the eyes of people throughout our community. I see it in the faces of even those gathered here today. It's just an un certain troubling time. I don't know for myself that I've ever felt such a time of uncertainty. The only other time that I can recall feeling such uncertainty was in the days unfolding after 9-11, after the towers in New York had come down. That's the closest thing that I can relate what I feel right now, that feeling that I felt then. Now, I don't know much about coronavirus I don't know the contagious factors surrounding it. I don't really know the mortality rate of it. Every day it changes. I don't know if this virus is really the issue or if all of this, if there's something bigger that we're not aware of that is driving it. I don't know. I don't know if this is just extreme political posturing. I don't know if this is global positioning. I, maybe, possibly, it really is just a sickness that has the ability to infest our world. And I don't know the source of it, but I do see its impact. There may be those today, and again, I'm not going to try my best to keep my opinion out of the microphone, but there may be those today that you think this is foolishness, and it's all made up, and perhaps it is. I don't know if, what the source of it is, but what I do know is the impact of it is real. I know that our economy is teetering. I know that the shelves at the grocery store are lacking. I know the things that just a week ago that I was sure of. I know that if I need something from Harris Teeter, I can stop by there on the way home. I know that if I need to get something to eat, I know there's a restaurant that is open. And a week ago, the things that I was sure of, that they were just, I didn't even think about them. I knew that they were there, but a week ago, I was sure of them. But today, they're very uncertain. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. In 1944, there was a housewife named Ruth K. Jones, who was in a similar time, probably felt much the same that we do. It was in the middle of the Second World War as Hitler and the Nazi army and the Japanese military were wreaking havoc around the globe. Mrs. Jones was at home contemplating her daily household task, and she had heard the news. She was aware of the epidemic, much different than ours, but similar in its, uh, the, the result of it. And as she was thinking about the turmoil and the evil in the world around her, she began to read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, which I would say today we should take heed to, and that says that this know also that in the last days perilous times will come. And as she read those words, inspiration for, that, for the song began to come to her, and she pulled a small notebook from the pocket of her apron and she began to scribble these words. And even this morning on my way to early morning prayer, I listened to Mahalia Jackson as she sang these powerful words. It's in times like these that you need a Savior. 
It's in times like these that you need an anchor. So I say, saints of God, be very sure. Be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Oh, this rock is Jesus. Yes, he is the one. This rock is Jesus. He is the only one. And I plead with somebody today, be very sure. Be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. I feel the Holy Ghost even this morning. I want to tell you today, I don't know much about coronavirus. I don't know tomorrow when we wake up, the stock market will be up or down. I don't know if there will be food on the shelves at the grocery store tomorrow. I don't know. But this one thing I do know, that the rock is Jesus. This one thing I do know is that you got to make your salvation sure. you got to make sure that your anchor grips and holds the solid rock. I don't know if quarantine is coming. I, I don't know if next week we'll be able to gather together and worship. But this one thing I do know, Cortez, I, I know that he is the God of peace. I, I know that the God that I serve he is the God of peace. And in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, we find the Apostle Paul providing a remedy for trying times such as the one we find ourselves in today. There the Apostle Paul provides a plan and a pathway for forfeiting the fear and the anxiety of this world and choosing instead of fear and anxiety, I will take hold on the peace of God and the God of peace. He introduces this powerful, stable, unshakable foundation in Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 when he declares, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This powerful prevailing peace Paul proclaims is the only thing in trying times that can keep your heart and keep your mind. The Apostle Paul is speaking into perilous times such as what we face today and he's letting you know all hope is not lost. Amen. All hope is not gone but there is a God. There is a peace of God that passes all understanding that can keep your heart and mind. Has anybody ever felt like you were going to lose your mind? I felt in the last week that I was losing my mind. I'm seeing all of the events unfold, and I must be losing my, this can't really be, there have been absolutely the last three mornings I've woken up and said, was that a dream? This morning I got out of bed and said, maybe that was all a dream, maybe it really isn't happening, only to find it, I feel like I'm losing my mind. In Luke 21, verse 26, Jesus spoke and said that there is coming a time when men's hearts shall fail them. For they will see things that are coming on this earth. Jesus said their hearts are going to feel like they're failing them. But can I tell you today, whether you feel like you're losing your mind, Paul said the peace of God will keep your mind. Or if you feel like your heart is failing you, Paul said don't worry because the peace of God will keep your heart. So whether you feel like you're losing your mind or you're losing your heart, let me tell you today that the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind. The word that Paul uses for keep when he says that the peace of God will, that passes understanding will keep your heart and mind. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the peace of God will keep your heart and mind. In the day that Paul penned these words, there would have been a picture image that came into the mind of the reader. Because the word that Paul used there to speak of the peace of God that would keep the hearts and the minds of those that were reading the text. They would have understand that the word keep there is the Greek word and It was a military word that meant to guard by whatever means necessary. In fact, it's likely that the image that is coming up on the screen right now is the very image that would have appeared in the mind of the reader. There in the book of Philippians, they would have seen that image. That is the way that they would have pictured 
this peace of God keeping that word, that guard that is there because this was one of the most used and effective strategies of the army that Paul would have been referencing. The Roman army, this tactic that is used there was the, the, the military word was known as the testudo or in our language it would be the tortoise. That they, you can see why they may have come to that conclusion. And it, it was a tactic that was used to protect or to guard. And the, the, this unique, the uniquely large shields of the Romans, over three feet tall, each of their shields, allowed them to present when the enemy came to attack. They would put those shields down. And from every angle that the enemy attacked, all he would find is a shield that was there, leaving the element that they were guarding virtually unreachable by the attacking adversary. I want somebody to know that your heart and your mind is being guarded by a peace that passes all understanding. God said, whatever I got to do to protect your heart and protect your mind, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Coronavirus cannot get to me. Sickness cannot get to me because the peace of God that passes understanding is keeping me. I'm preaching to people right now that fear is bombarding your mind. You've been, a, you've been a wreck mentally and emotionally. The enemy has been wearing you down. But I want you to know there's a peace of God that passes understanding that will keep your heart and mind. Paul didn't stop with this explanation, this colorful image, the peace of God that would keep us and guard us. A 360 degrees, look at that, even if the enemy attacks from above, I've got a guard that is there. If the enemy comes from behind, they would simply turn and put those shields in the ground and I'm protected. No matter what side the enemy comes from, I'm kept by this peace that passes all understanding. Paul did not end his exhortation of the peace of God by simply speaking of it as a tortoise that would guard. But Paul also declared that it would be like the hare or the rabbit that would run. Because Paul said, the peace of God that will guard your heart, amen, that it passeth all understanding. In my mind, as I read this passage, I visualize a race that is taking place for the emotional condition of my world. That race is between the peace of God and all understanding. Amen. On one side, there is all understanding. And in the lane next to it, there is the peace of God. And they are racing toward the finish line of what will decide my emotional well-being. The race between the peace of God and all understanding. Understanding simply means reasoning. It's the gathering of facts and logic and forming a way of thinking based upon the facts that have been contributed to me. Notice that Paul did not say that his peace would pass my understanding. Amen. Because if it was just that his peace needed to pass my understanding, that's not even a race. Amen. My understanding is so, I, don't, I, I can barely pronounce coronavirus. I, I, I'm too dumb to be afraid of it, honestly. People started telling me about this disease, and I said, it sounds like bird flu. sounds like swine flu to me. It sounds like any of the other epidemics. But all these smart people are telling me, no, it's not the same. This one is more deadly. I, I know we told you the last one was going to kill you, but this one really is going to kill So if it were just my understanding, the peace of God would have outrun it a long time ago. But Paul didn't say that the peace of God passes my understanding. He said the peace of God passes all understanding. So I need some help. Who's my fastest guy? Shaq, you look pretty. Are you fast, Shaq? You're on the track team, aren't you? Come here, Shaq. This is the peace of God. No, 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 wait, wait. I want you to be all understanding. This is a, a book of education, a book of learning. You're, you're all understanding, all right? I want you to stand up there, act like you're running that way. Now, who would self-promotedly say, I'm much slower? I don't want to pick anybody right now. Brother Simpkins, come here. Yeah, you're, you're. He raised his hand. I didn't pick him out. Brother Simpkins is the peace of God. Let's give Brother Simpkins a big hand. I need you to stand back here. You're running that way, but I need you. To see. 
We fast forward. This is a snapshot of three quarters of the way through the race. All right, this is probably the way it would be in reality. Correct? Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe a little more distance. All right. So we've got all understanding. We've got CNN and Fox News. We've got all the bearers of bad news. We've got the epidemiologists, I think is how you say it, epidemiologists. We got the guys on the news that are telling us that somewhere between 100,000 and 4 billion people are going to die from this virus. Amen. That is all understanding. That's the smart people. That's the wisdom of all the people that are telling us that it's only going to get worse before it gets better. And then on the other, in the other lane, we've got the peace of God. Amen. And so here it is. It's in the race for the emotions of my being. This is the race for my mental and emotional well-being. And I've got to tell you, if it looks, if we just go off the way it looks, all understanding is a pretty stout competitor. I mean, just looking at the facts, all understanding is, I mean, how many of you agree all understanding has an advantage over the peace of God? So many voices out there right now that are speaking, telling us, it's the end of the world and it's tragic and it's, it's terrible and, and, and it brings anxiety and it brings fear and it brings worry, amen? And, and so if, if I were, if it were just up to me and my understanding, the peace of God would have passed it, but it's not just me and my understanding. But now I've got to listen to all the other voices that are out there. I see that they're shutting down the NBA and they shut down the NHL and I'm saying, man, these people are smarter than me and if they're shutting that, this down, it must be a terrible thing. Billions of dollars being lost. Somebody must know something that I don't know. How can I find peace when all understanding says that I should be fearful and anxious and worried? And if CNN and Fox aren't enough, you still got Facebook. And all of you experts out there that a month ago were balancing a broom and you were proud of yourself for balancing a broom, but now all of a sudden you're experts on the coronavirus. Last month your best post was what you had for breakfast, but now you're the world's expert on the coronavirus. And all understanding, all these voices are, are telling me that there's no way that I'm worried and I'm anxious because all understanding is out in the lead. But Paul said, don't worry, because the peace of God passeth all understanding. Passeth all understanding. Come on, peace of God, it passeth. I know that what everybody is saying is that it's bad and you need to be worried. But I want to let you know today that the peace of God passes all understanding. I know what all the voices out there are saying, but the peace of God passes all understanding. His peace is more speedy than the facts that I'm facing. His peace can outrun my problem. His peace has greater endurance than the details of my situation. His peace can outlast my dilemma. Thank you all. But you are deciding which runner in this race is going to win. You are deciding, will it be all understanding or will it be the peace of God that finishes in first place? Amen. As I thought, and in my own mind, I think better in pictures and images. And I thought through this process and I thought of the only game at the county fair that I'm any good at. The old squirt gun clown game. As you spray water into the mouth of the clown, the balloon above his head inflates. And if you turn and spray water in the mouth of the clown next to him, his balloon begins to inflate. And the balloon that pops first is the one that is the winner. The one that you give the most attention to is going to be the winner. The one that you spray, if you would, the one that you give the most attention in the end is going to be the winner. And so if I put all of my focus and if I put all of my attention on all understanding, then the balloon that pops is going to be above the head of all understanding. 
And you need to know that when that balloon pops, it brings anxiety, and it brings worry, and it brings hopelessness, and it brings despair, and it brings fear. Well, I went to church Sunday. That should be good enough. This is not, this is a different season we're living in now, living hope. This ain't a one Sunday service did it for me deal. It's where you put your focus and where you put your attention. If you want anxiety and fear, if you want hopelessness and worry, then put your attention on all understanding. Keep surveying all of your Facebook buddies and those broom standers that are now coronavirus experts. Keep listening to the talking heads on talk show, radio, and television. Let them tell you, and I promise you, the balloon that bursts in your life is going to bring an atmosphere of hopelessness. But if I put my focus on the peace of God, if I put my focus on the peace that passes understanding, can I tell you that when that balloon bursts, it's going to bring with it hope. It's going to bring faith. It's going to bring trust. It's going to bring joy. It's going to bring a sense of security. Hallelujah. Peace of God passes understanding. And when it passes understanding, it will keep your heart and your mind. But Paul doesn't just leave this peace of God that passes all understanding, that keeps my heart and mind. He doesn't just leave it as some abstract religious idea. But he provides for us a four-step plan to ensure that it's the peace of God that prevails. Helping me to keep my focus, if you would, on the clown, above which is hope and joy and faith and trust. Four steps to living in the peace of God that passes understanding. The first step is rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Now that didn't, you're, sometimes the voice and the word don't match up. Right? It's like happy. Excited. Anybody said, I'm so glad to see you. No, you're, you're not. I mean, you said it, but you're not. I can tell your body language and your voice did not say that you're happy. So everybody try again. Let's say rejoice. rejoice. That's that man, that sounded so much better. Amen. Step number one to living a life that is in the peace of God, that makes sure that the peace of God passes understanding, is rejoice. In fact, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord all ways. And again. In case you didn't get it the first time, I say rejoice. I know coronavirus is around, and I know quarantine might be in your future, and I know it looks bleak right now, and I know that there's issues going on, but Paul didn't say sometimes. Paul said if you want peace to pass understanding, then you've got to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say Listen, I need somebody today to understand if peace is going to pass understanding, you've got to rejoice. It's not going to happen in here. You're not going to figure it out in here. It's going to happen up here when you begin to magnify the Lord. Rejoice. The word rejoice means to have an emotion of gladness. What? Pastor, you, you, Paul didn't understand. Paul didn't know what we were talking about. How can you expect me to ex come to a place where I experience the emotion of gladness? You want me to be glad when a plague is sweeping the land? You want me to be glad when the economy is teetering on the brink of destruction? And beyond that, how can I be glad when there's no March Madness? How do you expect me to experience the emotions of gladness when there's no LeBron, when, when there's no NBA basketball and no NHL hockey and no golf, no Masters tournament golf? How in the, why? Because we've equated entertainment with gladness. We've, we've equated entertainment with rejoicing. And then we try to add God to right up there next to LeBron. But let me tell you, God is not equal to LeBron. Come on, God is worthy of praise when there is no NBA. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And it's easy, I know even as you hear me preaching, it's easy to put you up, put that word I'm giving you right now up on the shelf of religious rhetoric like you have all the other sermons I've preached. That's a really cute sermon. Let's, put, let's, let's shine that one up and put that up next to annoyed or anointed. That was a cute sermon too. That's easy, Paul, for you to say. There's probably plenty of toilet paper where you're living. Paul, you're probably writing this letter with an eight-ounce pump bottle of hand sanitizer next to you. You're probably taking a break right now while you're at the chariot races, rejoicing, enjoying your favorite entertainment. Can I let you in on a little secret? Paul wrote the letter to the church at Philippi from the bottom of a prison in Rome. And Paul said, you know what? I've learned how to rejoice in the prison or in the palace, whether I'm exalted or abased. If you're going to see peace pass understanding, you're going to have to rejoice. You've got to rejoice. I know it may feel like you're in the bottom of a prison and there's no toilet paper at Walmart and there's no hand sanitizer at Target, but rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say... Rejoice, find an emotion of gladness. If all we do is focus on all understanding, and I can't watch basketball, and I can't, and my, my brackets are busted, usually they last a little bit longer than this. No golf, how can I, re well maybe now we can find joy in spending time with our families that we would have spent time watching a basketball team play instead of spending time watching 10 people that I don't even know trying to win a game that won't impact my life. I can now spend time with the three or four people that shape my world. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, you got to learn to find gladness in the midst of the darkness. Even in the bottom of a prison cell, I will find gladness. If we put all of our focus on all understanding, that is the balloon that's going to bust. Or I can rejoice. I can find pleasure in the things that I do have. I can't focus on what I don't have right now. I can't focus on what I don't got right now. But I can find pleasure. I can find emotional gladness in what I do have. And when I will begin to do that, understand or rather peace that passes understanding begins to pass understanding. Rejoice. I want everybody in this room right now to rejoice. Thank God one thing, one thing. And I want you to give God praise for it and thank him for it. For just 30 seconds, can you forget about the virus? Can you forget about what you don't have? Can you forget about the epidemic that is shaking our world? And can you thank God for what you do have? Thank you, Lord, that you got me out of bed this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you brought me to the house of God. Thank you that my family is healthy. Come on. I know right now I'm bartering with some of you because some of you can't get CNN and Fox out of your mind. That's all you can think about. And as long as that's all you think about, understanding will win the race. But there are some folks in here right now that you're going to begin to rejoice. You're going to begin to find emotional gladness in what you do have. And what you're going to find is the peace of God begins to pass all understanding. Come on, I think we can give God praise right now for what we do have. I may have lost some things, but I still got some things. There may have been some things taken from me, but I still got something left. Already, just in the past week, I find myself being more grateful for little things. 
Little things that a week ago I took for granted. Yesterday, I went into Target and I was walking through and there was one row, one package of 72 rolls of toilet paper. A week ago, I would have thought nothing of it. But I was so thankful that I got that last package. I know that's a silly illustration, but I find myself, we sat down with at a meal last night as a family and I was so thankful for that because I don't know what the future is going to hold. And it brought a level of gratitude that I hadn't experienced before. Come on, I'm telling you, God is bringing something good out of this. And if you rejoice in the Lord, it will pass all understanding. There are those that think that they have peace in the Lord, but they don't. Because here's the litmus for knowing whether or not your peace is of the Lord or of this world. When your peace is of this world, it's circumstantial. You can rejoice when the circumstances are right. Amen. Some of you will dance and shout the day that the news comes out that the epidemic is over and there's nothing more to be afraid of. And you can return to your jobs and life will return to normal. You will rejoice. Why? Because your peace is of this world. Amen. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, I'm giving to you a peace, but it's not like the peace of this world. This is a different peace that even in the prison, you can be a worshiper. I don't know. I'm not here today to tell you things are going to get better. I don't know. I told you my understanding is real limited. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not Nostradamus, sir. I'm not a prophet. I'm, I'm, I'm none of that. I don't know if things are going to get better. In fact, I'm telling you, based on what they're saying, it could get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Amen. I don't know if this week or next week life will be back to normal. I don't know. But what I do know is the peace of God does not depend on whether they get better or not. The peace of God is simply waiting on me to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Step two, if you're still on the train, we're leaving the station now. What you got for me, Tim? Amen. Amen. I still rejoice in all of my loss. Amen. Can we thank God? Some of you know what Tim has been through in the last month. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Step two, Paul says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Step two is pray. Paul said, be careful for nothing. Some of us say, oh, that's an invitation to be a daredevil now. Things are bad so I can live life on the wild side. No, that simply is not saying throw caution to the wind. The word careful there means worry. He says, don't worry about anything. Don't allow worry to abide in your life. The answer, how do we get worry out of our life, is pray about everything. Amen. Pray about every situation. Pray about every circumstance. In all things, making supplication and giving thanks unto the Lord. If you want peace to pass all understanding, you're going to have to pray like you've never prayed before. Listen, what are we going to do if three days from now the government says quarantine, you can't leave your home? Listen, if you don't have a prayer life, here's what you're going to do. You're going to throw in the towel and give up. But for those of us that know how to pray, we're going to draw near to God and say, I know my answer is coming. I will not let worry abide. God is positioning the church right now in a season that is going to reveal who knows how to pray and who doesn't. Who's been playing church and who's been praying church is going to be revealed in this season. Well, 
Pastor, tell us, how long do we have to pray? 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 20 minutes? What's the, what's the requirement of time that we need to pray until you get worry out of your heart, until you get worry out of your mind, amen, until you get rid of worry and you turn it over to Jesus? It needs to be in this season. Prayer has got to be less of a measure of how long and more of a measure of how much. Not how long am I praying, but how much am I still holding on to? How much am I still worrying about? The old timers used to say it this way, pray through. Pray until you get through the worry. Pray until you get through the anxiety. Come on, we're going to have to learn how to pray at another level. Lord, I don't know where my next meal is coming from, but I'm going to pray until I know you're going to take care of it. I'm going to pray until the worry is gone. Do you want peace to pass all understanding? Then you're going to have to learn how to pray. You have to pray until you release the responsibility and the weight of the circumstance to the Lord. Worried about your job? Pray. Worried about the economy? Let me ask you this. Some of you already, uh, it's another one of them religious sermons. I should have known. And you're going to go back home and wor- has your worry changed the situation? In fact, your worry has probably compounded the situation. Worry is not going to change it. It's time for us to recognize if peace is going to pass understanding, I've got to start praying like I've never prayed before. If God could shut a lion's mouth, he can turn this virus around. If God could part the Red Sea, he can turn this virus away. Which balloon are you blowing up? I don't have the time to pray. i got to watch the latest breaking news. And there goes that balloon of anxiety. Shut the TV off and get on your face before God. Shut the internet down and get on your face before God. And get rid of all that anxiety. And when that balloon busts, there's going to come peace. And there's going to come joy. And there's going to come hope. All right, step three. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, think on those things. Step three is think. You will not find the peace of God. The peace of God will not pass understanding. The peace of God that will guard like those centurions with shields 360 degrees around my heart and mind. I will not find that peace of God guarding my heart and mind while I'm constantly digesting the voices of bad news. Now, I'm trying to use both sides because some of you, if I picked on one television station, you'd be offended at me. So I'm saying CNN and Fox, MSNBC and Drudge, I don't, pick whichever one you want to. But let, here, here's the criteria. And, and if your favorite station can pass the criteria, you go ahead and keep it. But here's what Paul said, whatever things are true. Now, if you honestly think that your favorite newscaster is telling you the whole truth, then you just keep watching it. I'm telling you, I don't care which one you're watching. They are not telling you the whole truth. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, here we go, whatsoever things are of a good, when's the last time you saw good news? They don't want to, good news does not sell, bad news sells. Bad news keeps us glued to the TV. Oh Lord, oh Lord, the sky is falling down, can't miss the next next breaking news. They're not selling us good news. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on those things. Log out of Facebook until this thing is over. Because all your coronavirus expert buddies that were standing brooms on the handle last week, all right, they're, they're, they're really not experts, okay? I'm going to tell you what you need to do is you need to get yourself surrounded by voices that are telling you that God is still in control. You need to get yourself surrounded by voices that are telling you everything's going to be all right. Hey, that God is going to bring you through. That God's going to make a way out of no way. If all you listen to is all understanding, 
Peace will never pass it. But if you get your mind off of all understanding and focus on the peace of God, it will pass all understanding. Pastor, does that mean that that, are, are you telling us that God spoke to you and tomorrow everything's going to be better? No, but I can find peace. Even if things get worse, it's okay because I've got peace. Amen. I've got peace in the midst of the storm. All right. I'm almost finished. Step four. I told you it's a four-step plan, so guess what that means? This is it. Action. Paul marks the final step of peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding when he says, the things that you have learned and received and heard and watched me do, do them. Now in times of affluence and abundance, it's easy to make church just about religion, about religious theory. We come week after week like we're sitting in a recliner Somebody give me my potato chips and a Dr. Pepper. Preacher's getting ready to entertain me in times of abundance. Paul is saying if you're going to find the peace of God that passes understanding, if you're going to find the peace of God that keeps you when all hell is breaking loose in your world, if you're going to find the peace of God that gives you a firm foundation when everything around you is shaken, then it's time to stop just hearing and time to stop just learning and it's time to start doing what you've been learning. Listen, I, I know in this church, week after week, you're being preached messages of hope and joy and the power of praise and the power of worship and the power of prayer. But now it's time to do something with it. It's time to worship in the midst of your storm. In times of abundance, when the economy is good, when our jobs are secure, when our health isn't threatened, when there's toilet paper in the closet and food at the grocery store, it's easy to take Sunday's sermon and fold it up and tuck it into another page in our Bible. And Wednesday night lesson just to be another polished rock that we add to our collection. But in times like these, Paul said, if you want peace to pass understanding, it's time to dust off those old notes. It's time to get those sermons that you've been hearing week after week after week after week. And it's time to start doing it. Everyone in this building, you've heard enough sermons on the power of praise to save the devil himself. But it doesn't change anything until you praise. If you want peace to pass understanding, you've got to start doing it. Just in the last two years, I know... I know we've taught the prayer models. We've taught the, the through the tabernacle prayer model. We've taught the Our Father prayer model. There are probably other ones we've taught. I know that you've been given the tools to know how to pray, but Paul said that's not what's going to get peace to pass understanding. You've got to do it. Times like these, religious rhetoric doesn't do the job. Because you're going to go home tonight overwhelmed, perplexed, fearful. Waking up in the middle of the night at every noise that breaks. Everything, every breaking news alert that comes, your heart is going to be more troubled and more vexed. Why? Because we've heard the rhetoric. We've heard good sermons. We've sat through powerful worship services. But we haven't applied what's been given to us. But what's going to move peace beyond understanding is when at 2 in the morning, fear knocks on your door. And you jump out of bed and begin to praise the Lord. I'm putting what I've learned into action. Come on, it's time to worship your way through this. It's time to pray your way out of this. (laughs) 
All those sermons about the woman who sought God with desperation. The blind man who had to decide if he would be annoyed or anointed. All of those are cute sermons on a Sunday. But Paul said if you're going to have the kind of peace that passes understanding, Brother Andre, you've got to become a doer. Everybody in this building, I want you to stand with me. I want you to think of one sermon this year. In fact, I'll, I'll give you a full calendar year. One sermon. Don't worry if it doesn't come right to mind. I don't remember what I preached last Sunday either. So I'll give you a few minutes. One sermon this year. One word that God has spoken in this church to you that you know was a word from God. One word that was spoken. Living hope. I'm telling you the time that we're entering into right now, and I'm not, I'm not a doomsdayer. In fact, I, anyway, I'm not a doomsdayer. I'll just leave it there. I'm not a doomsdayer. But, but I don't know that this is going to get better before it gets worse. It, it, may, it may indeed get worse before it gets better. But I'm telling you right now, if we're going to make it through this storm, if your faith is going to make it through this, if you're going to make it through this and not lose your mind and your heart not fail you, I'm telling you right now that you're going to have to get a hold of that peace of God that passes all understanding, and you're going to have to start applying what you've been given. I want us to raise our hands right now. I want us to thank God that word, whatever that one word was that you've received in the last year that you know God gave you that word. It's time to start making applique. Paul said, everything that you've learned from me, everything that you've heard from me, everything that you've seen, everything that you watch me do, it's time to do it. Young people, you can't live on mom and dad's prayer any longer. Young man, it may be a month before pastor stands in this pulpit and preaches to you again. I don't know how this is going to unfold. This is going to have to be you and God now. And if you don't know how to pray, you won't make it through this season. If you can only worship when all the bills are paid and there's money in the bank. Listen, our economy may fall apart. I'm just telling you the way things are going. That money in your bank may be worth, it may be monopoly money a, a month from now. Again, I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer, but whether it's monopoly money or it's worth more when this gets over with, I'm still given the promise of God that my peace can pass understanding. Rubber's meeting the road now. We're going to find out how much of this was just religious rhetoric and how much of it was really penetrating our hearts. Can, we, can you rejoice in the Lord always? Or just some days? Do you know how to pray and get a hold of God or do you got to rely upon one of the elders in the church to pray you through some things? I'm telling you some things are going to be revealed in this season and it's time for you to decide. I will pray my way through this thing. I will not let understanding be what leads me in this season. Peace will pass. Thank Think on these things. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, all of the negative junk that you're ingesting and digesting and feeding yourself, it is not helping you. It's creating a climate that you can't even think straight. But Paul said, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, honest, pure, of a good report, think on these things. And what started in verse 4 with rejoicing in the pursuit of the peace of God culminates in verse 9. Not with the peace of God, but with the God of peace. It's one thing to get peace, the peace of God. Because the peace of God is being produced by God. It's for this moment. It's a peace in this season. But if we get in this process of rejoicing and praying and thinking on things that are of a good report and action, acting on everything we've learned. The end result of that is not just going to be that we get a hold of the peace of God, but that we actually build a relationship with the God of peace. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen is some of you that haven't prayed for yourself in a long time, in this season you're going to have to learn how to pray for yourself. And when this is all over, you're going to be the devil's worst nightmare because you're going to develop a peace 
a relationship with the God of peace. And some of you that used to only worship because mom and dad dragged you to church and that's what you knew you had to do. But in the midst of this season, God is going to develop a worship in you that isn't predicated by your circumstance, but it's a real love for God. Yesterday, my wife and I were kind of joking about how things were, maybe just for fun. I don't know why it's kind of a twisted sense of fun, but kind of playing through some worst case scenarios. And she said, well, at least we still have eggs. We got five chickens in the backyard that lay eggs. They do a good job. Pretty much every day we have five new eggs out there. There's six of us in the family, so we'll just skip a day of who doesn't get to have an egg that day. But she said, but then if things get too bad, we, we do have five chickens. <laughs> Only problem with that is then you don't have any more eggs. And the peace of God is like the egg. It's what's produced. It's here right now. It's, if all you get through this is the peace of God, then when the next storm comes... You're going to get shaken all over again. But, but, but the God of peace is like the chicken that produces the egg. If I can build a relationship with God in the middle of whatever's going on right now, and I feel the Holy Ghost speaking right now, listen to this preacher. I don't know how bad things are going to get, but God is in it. And God's not going to leave you. And he's not going to forsake you. But he's trying to build a relationship with you. Don't just seek after the egg. Get a hold of the chicken. Don't just seek after the peace of God. But seek after the God of peace. And as I rejoice always. And I pray without ceasing. And I think on those things that are true. Honest. Listen, Living Hope, I'm trying to help you right now. I'm trying to give you a process. Please don't go home when we're done here and just turn on CNN and grab your chips and sit back. Listen to me right now. I'm trying to help some of you. God wants to give you peace. And aren't you tired of being in the middle of turmoil over all this mess? God wants wants you to have peace that passes all understanding. This is not going to be the last time Your world gets shaken. The Bible says in the last days, perilous times are going to come. This may be, we may be entering into the final, I don't know. But whether this is it or it's to come, it's coming. And it's going to get a lot worse than it is right now when those times come. But it doesn't mean that the church is going to be perplexed. Amen. Yes, we're, we're cast down but not forsaken. Amen. Hallelujah. We've, we've been struck down but we're not destroyed. Hallelujah. We've still got peace in the midst of the storm. So the final verse of the hymn penned by that American housewife in the midst of World War II, probably a season that felt much like this. She put pen to paper and wrote that third verse of that song. Remember the first one said, in times like these, we need a Savior. But when she got down to first number three in the middle of the Nazis raiding the globe and the Japanese army, and it looked very bleak at that time. It looked worse than what we're in the middle of right now. But she wrote on that paper in the third verse, and she said, in times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, I have an anchor. I'm very sure. I'm very sure that my anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. The rock is Jesus. The only one. I want to ask right now as the altars are open, those that would come today, there is peace of God waiting to pass understanding. This may be your last visit to the altar for a few weeks. I don't know how this is going to play out. But it's not the will of God. I don't care how bad it gets. I pray when we walk out of here, there's breaking news that the virus has been contained. It's over. No more worries. I, 
I pray that's, I, that's what I want. But I don't know. But I want to tell you today, Claire, it's not the will of God for you to be worrying and fearful. It's not the will of God living hope for us however long this season is for us to be hunkered down in the basement of our house fearful of everything going on around us no the peace of God passes all understanding so I want us to start right now and I want you to rejoice in the Lord come on in the name of Jesus I want us to rejoice I want you to thank God right now for your family that is around you I want you to thank God for what you do have Thank you, Lord, that I've got breath in my body. Thank you, Lord, that I've got the health to raise my hands. That's it. I want you to begin to pray. Pray. Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray that worry out of you. Pray. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything with supplication, thanksgiving unto God. Come on, Lord, I'm asking you right now. I cast all my cares upon you. I give you my worry. I give you my fear. I don't know about my job. I don't know. I don't know tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to have money to pay the, the church mortgage next month. But I can't hold on to that. I've got to give it to God.